Good evening, dummies. Episode 168. Happy Monday, June 14th, 7.01 p.m. Getting an early start tonight. And it is good to be back. I missed you over the weekend. I had a lot to talk about. In fact, I wrote the show somewhat, most of it, some of it, on Sunday. And it uh, it's a good thing that I did because I, this is going to be a lot of information. And I'm a little bit uh, in fuego, so to speak. And uh, we all know it's Flag Day. It's a very important thing to talk about, so we will talk about that. But first, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. I appreciate you being here. It's going to be a good show tonight. It's going to be a long one. I, I very seldom, I think once or twice, have gone over an hour. I, I don't think it'll go over an hour, but it very well could be because we're talking about a few things tonight. He committed suicide by falling on some bullets. That's right. Your favorite, the person you thought was gone, is back again, yet... One more time in the news, Miss Hillary Rodam Clinton. And if you have missed her, good, because there is just more conspiracy theory to talk about. I'm going to go over more fact than supposition and conspiracy theory and black bag operations and all of this stuff. There's enough to go ahead and judge her with impunity. We don't need to make up stories, but this whole suicide thing that everyone who has ever crossed her has committed suicide and it's hard not to actually put some stock into it tonight i will walk it through and then also talk a little bit about her security clearance which is really the reason why i despise the lady and also what she did at benghazi dr victor von doom no not the fantastic four there's another douchebag and it happens to be a doctor at the houston methodist hospital i am from houston well not from like born there but I am a Texan, and once you're a Texan, you're always a Texan. I lived in Tomball Spring. I have a lot of friends there. I miss it every day. And some provincial douche has decided to go ahead and make some stupid policy because they can't create fear anymore. We're going to go over that tonight. I'm going to tell you all about it because when the left loses their grip and control, the only thing they know how to do is try to take more. This is an interesting one. I hope you enjoy it. And then, oh, say, can you tell me what Flag Day is? Yes, I can most assuredly tell you what Flag Day is. But first, Hillary Clinton is elected president. I know, it's a bad dream. Probably still better than Biden, let's be honest. At least we know what we're going to get. Joe doesn't even know what color underwear he's wearing. But I digress. And on the first night she spends in the White House, she is visited by the ghost of George Washington. She asks him, Georgie, what can I do to best serve the United States? And the ghost of George Washington responds, never tell a lie. She says, oh, I don't think I can do that. The next night, she is visited by the ghost of Thomas Jefferson. She asks him, Tommy, what can I do to best serve the United States? The ghost of Thomas Jefferson responds, listen to the people. She says, oh, I don't think I can do that either. On the third night, she is visited by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. She asks him, Abe. What can I do to best serve the United States? And the ghost of Abraham Lincoln responds, go see a play. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome yet again. Thank you, everybody. You're listening to Still Point, those wonderful intro tunes, and also the song I'm playing right now. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Still Point, go over to Reverb Nation and type in Still Point, not S-T-I-L-L. It's S-T-I-I-L-P-O-I-N-T. They don't pay me for this. They are just an amazing group of guys who are doing my intro song. Can't wait for it to happen. They're cutting a new album right now, and I am excited to hear it. Who am I? What do I do? Who is your daddy? What does he do? Uh, my name is Matthew Spear. I am your host, the HDMFS, M- HDMFIC. If you're in the military, you know what that means. Just make the D a dummy and you've got it figured out for the acronym. I'm, we might have a few younger people in the audience, so I'm not going to start cussing right away. This show is adult. We do talk about adult topics and I will occasionally use adult language. And tonight I'm pretty confident I will. I think we'll all be able to get through. Just hold hands and 
huddle the masses, get under a blanket, and uh, you know, just deal with it. What do we do here? Well, we talk politics, current events, sports, really whatever tickles my pickle. And I give you a perspective. Now, once again, here's the thing. I've said it a million times. I'm going to deposit 90% of the things in your bank. You're going to be like, wow, that's really good. I agree with Matt most of the time. And then there's going to be the 10% where you don't. You're also going to have those people who disagree with me 90% of the time and maybe agree 10%. And then people who just don't agree with me ever. If you're any of those, it's completely fine. This is a different perspective. It may be off the mainstream media. It might be right along with the mainstream media, but either way, it's my opinion based on research and what I've learned. If you don't agree, that's okay. You can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. All I ask is that you don't unfriend me. Social media sites all right here. I've got all the latest bells and whistles. You can stop by Instagram. You can go to iTunes and you can whatever, whatever. Just follow me, like, and share. Every time you do that, it grows the site. We're almost 23,000 people now. Or, excuse me, 20,300. That is an amazing feat. But if you are not a social media giant and you're not a big fan of the censorship from the big three, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com. And there you'll find my catalog. You'll find everything else to your viewing pleasure. And you can even stop by and say hello and leave a comment. Some guy reached out to me today. He's like, hey, man, my name's Bob. I'm a marketing analyst. And I'm like, oh, this should be rich, considering I'm a VP of marketing and sales. And I'm listening to him. He's like, your website is shows up on the fourth page of Google. I'm like, actually, it owns the first 10 spots. And it's only been up for like five months, which is pretty good, considering I haven't put a nickel into Google or any SEO. So first of all, our relationship is getting off to a bad start because one, you're full of shit, and two, I'm blocking you. Don't unfriend me doesn't mean you can't block people, folks. It means don't unfriend me. It means listen to that person who you disagree with and just give them a chance. It's a good thing. And you can disagree with me. All I ask is that you be respectful, treat my listeners with respect, and we'll all get along fine. We'll sing Kumbaya, roast marshmallows into the evening hours. He committed suicide by falling on some bullets. Law enforcement officials in Alabama are investigating an apparent suicide by the reporter who broke the bombshell story in the 2016 former President Bill Clinton uh, secretly met with then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch on the Phoenix tarmac in the run-up to the presidential election, while his wife, then-candidate Hillary Clinton, was under federal criminal investigation. Does everyone remember this? Jimmy James Comey was investigating. The attorney general was uh, playing grab ass. Loretta Lynch, she was quoted as saying to allow HRC off the hook. And then the bombshell came out. We thought Donald Trump was dead to rights. It was over after he said, grab him by the hoo-ha. That October was horrible. What a great October surprise. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, James Comey comes out and says the investigation's open again. What happened? There really wasn't any new evidence. It didn't make much sense. But this whole tarmac thing was such a coincidence that Bill Clinton just happens to be on the tarmac, just walking around on a tarmac. What was he doing? Picking up like loose rocks and pebbles to save America from any plane going down, take it into the jet intake. No, he actually was there waiting for that plane to show up so he could conveniently jump on board and talk about grandkids and aunts and uncles and other grab ass type of shit versus the conviction of his wife who should be in jail today. At 8.30 a.m. Saturday, the Hoover 911 Center received a call of a person down at the residence on Scout Trace. Hoover police and fire personnel arrived to find the 45-year-old Christopher Sign dead. Hoover Police Lieutenant Keith Zeklaba, geez Louise, it starts with a C, it's Czechlaba, wow, said the death is being investigated as a suicide. Hmm. Sign, who played football at the University of Alabama, moved to a local ABC news station in Alabama in 17 after working at a news station in Phoenix. While there, Sign broke the major 2016 presidential campaign news that Billy Bill Clinton, Slick Willie, met with Lynch on the tarmac of Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport while then AG was investigating the use of a private email server by Hillary Clinton. Now, lo and behold, that the tarmac is probably 125 degrees radiating off that tarmac. I'm sure Bill Clinton was just out for a pleasure cruise in eel-infested waters. Inconceivable. 
The former president's wife and the Democratic presidential candidate at the time, as we know. Sign went on to write a book about the encounter titled Secret on the Tarmac. I bet that was really long. Well, they went on the plane. The end. Sign told Fox News last year that he knew something had occurred that was a bit unusual on the tarmac. It was a planned meeting, like sticking a cigar in certain orifices. No? Oh, a conversation. Well, that's an upgrade compared to what Bill usually does. At least there were no children involved. He says it was not a coincidence. Allegedly. Okay, allegedly, Bill. Okay, I'm not worth anything. You can sue me all you want. You're not going to make a dime. The book details everything they don't want you to know and everything they think you forgot about Bill Clinton was on that plane for 20 minutes. And it wasn't just about golf, grandkids and Brexit. There's so much that doesn't add up. He said he then sat and waited in his car with the motorcade. Her air stairs come down. Most of her staff gets off and then gets on the secret uh, gets on as the secret service and FBI are figuring out how in the world are we supposed to handle this? What are we supposed to do? As exposing just a bit, I'm sure he didn't have a a, a a walkie into what was going on. Excuse me, hold on. Secret Service. Oh, okay, yes, I'm in. He's making that up. It doesn't matter. The guy has a claim to flame. He's fame. He's a reporter. He wants to sell his book. But Sign, who said that he received death threats over his reporting, said that the story isn't about right or left, Republican or Democrat. It's about right and wrong in journalism. My family received significant death threats shortly after breaking the story. He said. Credit cards hacked. You know, my children, we have code words. We have secret code words that they know what to do. Everybody gets death threats. I mean, come on. I've received death threats. Everybody on the planet in today's world, if you have anything to say that goes against the norm, you're going to get a death threat. There are There is so much speculation about Hillary Clinton. People hate her because she's a woman. She has three names. She's uppity. She wears pantsuits. She freaking like has Bill by the balls. She's everything a man hates in a woman, right? She's three steps away from being, you know, like a lizard, an alien from another planet. I get why people don't like her, but I'll be completely honest with you. Bill Clinton's presidency was not horrendous. It wasn't Obama, and it certainly isn't Mr. Joe Biden. She's a progressive. She's a war hawk, but honestly, she was somewhat moderate. I'm not a fan of Hillary Clinton. I I despise Hillary Clinton for other reasons than the ones I just mentioned. All of those things are plenty to hate her. But what she did to our boys in Benghazi and girls in Benghazi is absolutely why I despise the woman. And second, as a person who held a compartmentalized clearance, I would be in jail if I did what she did. And any of my buddies, anybody who has a clearance knows this as well. Everybody knows this. Here's just some of the things that she's actually done. We all remember the negative chants about Hillary um, on the Republican National Convention stage. Numerous delegates shouted, lock her up, lock her up, as featured speakers discussed her record as former senator and secretary of state. A New Hampshire representative was under investigation federally for saying she should be executed for how she handled classified emails as secretary of state. Whoa, Tonto, slow down. It comes a 10-year minimum sentence uh, or maximum sentence. I think execution might just be a tad harsh. The only person who's going to be doing the executing here is Hillary Clinton, mind you. Knock it off. Clinton was cleared of many claims against her. Actually, no, she wasn't. But FBI Director James Comey, who has no authority whatsoever to open an investigation or hold her accountable, he can only investigate and show the findings. But he said she wouldn't be indicted for using a private server to send and receive classified emails, which put government secrets at risk for being hacked by U.S. enemies. He did say her actions were extremely careless. Republicans said that the fact that she wasn't charged is further proof Clinton is corrupt. Washington insider who doesn't deserve the Oval Office. We all remember this. But here's the thing you don't know. 33,000 emails deleted. Okay, I want you to just think about that for a second. Has anyone ever imported 33,000 emails from Outlook? Yeah, it takes like five days, even though it's like maybe three megabytes of information. Why? That's a shit ton of data. It has to be organized. Computers are amazing today, but it does not happen overnight. Just import, delete your Gmail inbox, and then just go ahead and put it back on again. See how long it takes. Take a couple hours. That's a lot of data. But then not only to delete the emails, but actually bleach bit and wash them clean. No, not putting bleach to kill COVID like Donald Trump did, which he never did, you fuckers. But actually to 
scrap them from the digital landscape to erase all versions of these emails when they were supposed to be handled and handed over. Not only that, but compartmentalize. There's top secret, which is very, very important. But then there's SS. There's a compartmentalized keyword access. There's software programs that are compartmentalized, which means they have to be in a secure location, whether in a skiff or a location that is basically cut off from the outside world. If you have compartmentalized access and compartmented key compartmentalized keyword access. You are the elite of the elite in the Intel community. You have access to things that nobody else has access to, and it's strictly on a need-to-know basis of the need-to-know basis. There's a lot of Intel guys who had higher clearances than admirals that would visit on our ship. It's The Intel community is a very secretive thing, and it is absolutely careful with who they give information to. If any Intel guy, any NSA guy, any low-level ONI It doesn't even matter if it's a U.S. marshal. If you take a compartmentalized piece of software, which is a piece of software where all of that compartmentalized information is housed, and that is the only way you can access it, and you remove it, put it on a server so you can access in your home that has absolutely no encryption, that has no protection, probably a standard firewall. Maybe it was Norton antivirus. I've heard that's pretty good. Holy crap and then go ahead and destroy all evidence of doing that and simply get off because i couldn't prove intent well if you can't improve you can't prove intent in a criminal case then every single criminal in jail needs to be let go because that's it mr smith you murdered your wife your son your daughter your grandmother grandfather uncle aunt and dog toto yes sir That's the rumor, but we don't know his intent and we can't prove his intent at the time. Oh, well, then let's let him go free. Congratulations, upstanding citizen. Are you fucking kidding me? She openly admitted to doing this. This was actually leaked in WikiLeaks. All of this crap that came out and she wasn't held accountable. I don't care who you are. I don't care who did it before. If anyone else did it, whether it be a senator or a legislature or a low-level employee or another president, they should be held accountable because every person out there working in the intel community in the military or working for an alphabet agency would certainly have their clearance revoked at the least or be in jail at the worst. But Hillary Clinton walked scot-free. That's a big difference than what you heard. You heard, oh, well, she deleted a few emails. No, 33,000 emails. And those are the ones that she did that we know about. This quote about the intent was heard throughout the Republican Party and repeated many times when she said about Benghazi, at this point, what difference does it make? And I understand what she was saying. She at 11 hours, she was trying to just blow it off as not them dying, but At this point, we're playing semantics. And with the semantics, really, what difference does it make? It doesn't matter. It's a flippant comment, and it stuck with her, and it was a tagline through the election. The GOP affixes that paraphrased quote to then-Secretary Hillary Clinton in response to the terrorist attack in Benghazi, Libya, that on September 11, 2012, killed U.S. Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans, including two SEALs. During a vigorous U.S. House investigation on the issue, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin pressed Clinton on why State Department officials in Washington, D.C. couldn't call their counterparts in Libya to determine the cause of the attack. Was it a protest over a video mocking Islam or a planned terrorist attack? Clinton has been accused of lying about both, and she did under oath. We have the emails where she actually told people that it was a video and then went ahead and contradicted herself and said that it was a terrorist attack. She initially told Johnson her priority was figuring out how to rescue them, not finding out if it was a video or a planned attack. That's amazing because still, with all that time that passed by, some odd 13 some odd hours of attack, an American was never on that fucking soil to get them out. Isn't that amazing? That it was actually the foreign government that went ahead and rescued those, uh, the embassy. There were no Americans. They were arguing about which uniform, whether they should show the American flag. They were playing grab ass. They did nothing. 
Clinton also told him it wasn't appropriate to ask those questions before FBI interviews. As Johnson continued to push for the information, Clinton said, with all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided that they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? Well, it shows negligence, Hillary, sweetheart. It shows that you were culpable in the deaths. It shows that when the three o'clock in the morning call came, you had no idea what to do. You didn't wake the president. You didn't make any decision that was actually somewhat logical. You didn't follow any standard practices of the chain of command. You did not seek counsel from anybody, and you allowed nothing to happen. That's an achievement of epic proportions, considering that calls were going out from the embassy and certain bases all over that area, some of them top secret that nobody even knew, and were risking exposure using electronic intelligence and making communications to the White House, and you did nothing. Clinton has repeatedly been accused by Republicans of not doing enough to save lives. Now, hanging that around her neck is fine, but there are other people who are absolutely 100% Copable in this. There were leaders, there were generals, there were division section chiefs, there were plenty of people who made mistakes, including them on the ground. But the whole point is, is the buck stopped with her as Secretary of State. These emails that Hillary set up that private server that she used to send and receive classified emails during numerous campaign stops early on, she said her use of the private server was allowed. She also said she said she turned over all of her emails, a federal investigation determined she was not allowed to transmit government secrets on a private server that was vulnerable to hackers. And recent reports show she deleted tens of thousands of emails on top of the 33,000 that she had already done. You remember New Jersey Chris Christie, a former prosecutor, delivered a blistering line about the scandal in his Republican convention speech. Hillary Clinton cared more about protecting her own secrets than she cared about protecting America's secrets. Pretty good line, fat man. Recently, uh, or not recently, but right shortly after, FBI Director James Comey said she wouldn't be indicted for using a private server to send and receive classified emails, which put government secrets at risk for being hacked by U.S. enemies. He did say her actions were extremely careless, which was all they needed to prosecute, but once again made up this intent rule. Vince Foster. Questions in the conspiracy theory swirled for years about Vince Foster, deputy White House counsel during Bill Clinton's administration. A few months after Foster filed delinquent tax returns in the Whitewater scandal, which she was dead center in the middle of, he committed suicide. Wow. But some Republicans have implied foul play, despite his death being ruled a suicide by five investigations. GOP nominee Donald Trump gave new life to those rumors on his campaign trail. Foster who was a close friend of the Clintons, had intimate knowledge of what was going on, Trump told the Washington Post in May in 2016. He knew everything that was going on, and then all of a sudden he committed suicide. I don't know enough to really discuss it, but I will say there are people who continue to bring it up because they think it was absolutely a murder. Oh, Trump. Whitewater. Republicans have not forgotten the Whitewater scandal. It's a controversy that began with the Arkansas Attorney General Bill Clinton and Hillary in 1978. They, along with developer James McDougal, borrowed about $200,000 to form Whitewater Development Corps, a real estate firm formed to buy and flip riverfront property into vacation homes. As interest rates increased, the homes didn't sell and the project was stagnant. But McDougal and the Clintons continued the business. The business partners grew more entangled as McDougal became a political fundraiser for Clinton in his run for governor. Also in 1985, McDougal hired Rose Law Firm, where then Arkansas First Lady Hillary Clinton was a partner. Rose Law Firm represented McDougal's savings and loan businesses in Madison Guarantee. Hillary Clinton signed off on the billing records for Madison Guarantee, but those records couldn't be found when the Whitewater investigation began. They were found two years later in the Clinton's private residence in the White House. Was it next to the server? Was it next to the lead pipe with Mr. Plum in the library? Investigator Ken Starr said he had no explanation for the disappearance or the reappearance of the billing records. After a thorough investigation, we have found no explanation how the billing records got where they were or why they were not discovered and produced earlier. It remains a mystery to this day. I wonder who put them there. 
He said, according to a 1998 New York Times article, this is how political fact explains some of the scandal. Madison Guarantee failed in 1989, costing taxpayer an estimated $60 million. McDougal was ultimately indicted for fraud and making bad loans with about $134,000 that was funneled through Whitewater. The Clintons, who had retained interest in Whitewater throughout, sold their share to McDougal for $1,000 in 1992. During the first year of Bill Clinton's presidency, the Resolution Trust Corps, a temporary federal agency tasked with investigating failed savings and loans, named the Clintons as potential beneficiaries of Madison guarantees and McDougal's illegal activities. That summer, Deputy White House Counsel Vincent Foster committed suicide few months after he filed delinquent tax returns for Whitewater. Hmm. After a lengthy federal investigation, no civil or criminal charges were brought against the Clintons. However, 15 other people were convicted of more than 40 crimes in the Whitewater scandal. Then, President Bill Clinton pardoned four of them before leaving office. Susan McDougal, wife of James McDougal, who was charged with fraud. Robert Palmer, a Madison Guarantee appraiser, charged with conspiracy. Stephen Smith, a former Clinton aide in the Arkansas, who was charged with conspiracy to misapply funds. And Chris Wade, a Whitewater real estate broker, who was charged with multiple loan fraud. How about all the mistresses, the supposed rapes and sexual misconduct? Republicans say Hillary Clinton bullied the women who said they were sexually involved with or harassed by her husband. They also say she played a victim role publicly while vindictively working behind the scenes. Some of the often cited examples come from A Woman in Charge, the biography written by Pulitzer Prize winner Carl Bernstein. As the Jennifer Flowers scandal emerged while Bill Clinton was running for president, Hillary Clinton wanted sworn statements from women he was rumored to have been with, including interviewing one of them herself, according to the biography. She also worked to undermine Flowers, who she labeled as trailer trash, according to Bernstein. While trying to discredit Flowers, she also tried to get horrified campaign aides to start rumors that former President George H.W. Bush has cheated on First Lady Barbara Bush. Oh, and by the way, the whole birther thing with President Obama, yeah, they uncovered that that actually came from Podesta inside Hillary Clinton's campaign, even though she said, he's a racist, I can't believe he started that. The woman's full of shit as a Christmas fucking goose. Bosnia. During a George Washington University commencement address in 2008, sorry folks, it wasn't a play, Hillary Clinton said she remembered landing under sniper fire in Bosnia. Trust me, with that fat-ass hip and that big-ass head, any sniper would have an easy day plucking that shot. There was supposed to be some kind of greeting ceremony at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get into the vehicles to get to our base, she said. But that shit didn't actually happen. A CBS News video shows Clinton arriving on the tarmac without any sniper fire and being greeted by a child handing her a poem. Unless you consider a child handing you a poem sniper fire, this is a far cry from the truth. Oh, the amazement in thy body. By the end of March 2008, Clinton said she misspoke about Bosnia. No, you fucking lied. Why do they get off on that? Why do they are they allowed to say, I misspoke? No, you didn't. You fucking lied, and you were called out on it. God, classless piece of shit. Clinton is a world-class liar. Yes. GOP nominee Donald, GOP nominee Donald Trump said on June 22nd during a speech in New York, just look at her pathetic email and server statements on her phony landing in Bosnia where she said she was under attack, and the attack turned out to be young girls handing her flowers. How about the donations to the Clinton Foundation? The Clinton Foundation has been the subject of much speculation from Republicans and journalists, and still are to this day. Republicans say the nonprofit is an example of Hillary Clinton's questionable ties to global politicians, some which competing interests with the U.S. journalists say. Because the foundation is a nonprofit, it's hard to get public accounting of who is donating. For example, PolitiFact had trouble verifying a recent claim from Donald Trump. After the Orlando shootings, Clinton called on Persian Gulf states to stop their wealthy citizens from funding Muslim extremists. Donald Trump on June 13 posted the following response on Facebook when he did have an account. Crooked Hillary says we must call on Saudi Arabia and other countries to stop funding hate. I'm calling on her to immediately return the $25 million plus she got from them for the Clinton Foundation. God, I miss him. Who doesn't miss him? God, Joe Biden couldn't be this quick even if he had some Nestle strawberry milk. PolitiFact quickly investigated the claim. We soon found that independently confirming information about the Clinton Foundation is challenging at best. The only thing we found from the campaign was a list that included broad-range figures of the Saudi donations to the foundation. 
along with donations from an unnamed group of friends of Saudi Arabia. Oh, I'm sure they're not from Saudi Arabia. They must be from Pittsburgh. The friends of Saudi Arabia from Pittsburgh. Come on, people. Everybody knows it. We've all driven by it. How about the 300 and some odd donations and then literally some of them got pardoned, like like 298 of them? I'm sure there's no coincidence in that. Bill Clinton just decided to pardon all those people by pinning the tail on the jackass. Trump can't prove that he's right, but by the same token, it's just about as difficult to prove conclusively that he's wrong. And that's pretty much everything Trump says. Syrian refugees. Numerous Republicans have talked about Hillary Clinton's plan to admit 500% more. Syrian refugees into the U.S. It's actually 550% was what her plan said. But here's the issue. Donald Trump called for a temporary ban on Muslim immigrants after the Orlando shooting in June. It actually wasn't Muslim immigrants. There just happened to be a high density of Muslim in these terrorist countries. Claiming refugees are potential terrorists. 92% of all Muslims still had access to the United States. I'm sorry. That's like saying, I'm going to take somebody with a funny fucking accent and not allow them to travel in the rest of the United States. I'm going to pick New York. Oh, well, you just don't like freaking Italians. No, I don't like people with funny accents. That's exactly what it's like. Terrorism happens to be in Muslim countries. I'm sorry that the Swedish aren't terrorists. We would ban them too. Our government has been admitting ever-growing numbers year after year without any effective plan for her of our own security, he said on June 13th. Having learned nothing from these attacks, she now plans to massively increase admissions without a screening plan, including a 500% increase in Syrian refugees coming into our country. Tell me, how stupid is that? Obama's plan to increase the number of Syrian refugees allowed into the U.S. to 10,000 was enough, and nobody was excited about that. But all of a sudden, a few years later, and all of a sudden this woke left is created and refugees need to come in from a plenty, from everywhere. Let's bring them in from Colombia. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring some in from Ukraine. How about Syria? How about some Libyans? Right. Sounds like a Jerry fucking Springer show. Look, we're facing the worst refugee crisis since the end of World War II. Quote, and I think the United States has to do more, and I'd like to see us move from what is a good start at 10,000 to 65,000 and begin immediately to put into place the mechanisms for vetting the people that we would take in, Clinton said. An increase from 10,000 to 65,000 would be a 550% increase, even though she denied that that's what the number is. Why? George Bush and Hillary Clinton math are the bestest. Have you done this new form of math that they're teaching in school? Hillary and Bush math is, it's got nothing on it. I swear to God. Republicans say Hillary Clinton was, uh, has killed American jobs when she supported the free trade deals, the NAFTA agreement. We all know this. During the Republican National Convention, Donald Trump said she supported the NAFTA agreement and she supported Chinese uh, entrance into the World Trade Organization, another one of her husband's colossal mistakes. She supported the job-killing trade deal with South Korea. She supported the Trans-Pacific Partnership. While she supported NAFTA and TPP in the past, Clinton said she no longer supports those deals. In an April CNN forum, Clinton reaffirmed her support for China entering the World Trade Organization despite sharing concerns over labor unions. Labor unions. Right now, we are trading with China, she said. We have a huge trade deficit with China. The agreement that has been negotiated between our two countries would open their markets to us in a way that they are not yet open. Oh, fantastic. Just what we want. Chinese markets open. Could she have a crystal ball? Listen, we're going to start importing bats and monkey brains. We just think it's a delicacy that the Americans will love. Fuck. As for the trade deal with South Korea, Clinton opposed it while running for president in 2008, claiming it was inherently unfair and did not create a level playing field for American car makers. However, as Secretary of State, she supported the South Korea deal and championed it for the Obama administration. For anyone that says, oh, that was her husband, you're saying the same thing. Hillary Clinton ran the country. If you think Bill did anything but literally put on a shit ton of condoms and snort cocaine, you're insane. Allegedly. Controlled by the big banks, we all know this too, all the money that she received. Pat Toomey had claims uh, from Pennsylvania's Lehigh Valley that it's entirely possible that the Democratic nominee earned more money giving a single speech on Wall Street than I made the six years that I was uh, back in the 1980s. In fact, it's quite likely, he said. On Clinton's tax return, shows 14 of the 41 speeches she gave in 2013 were to Wall Street banks. She was paid $225,000 for most of them. However, she was paid $260,000 for one speech to the Deutsche Bank. 
She flip-flopped on big issues. We know all the things that she did. We know about the visit on the tarmac. We've already talked about it. But this new one is interesting. And you, you look at what she has gotten away with, and it's incredible. If anyone out there thinks that the media is not corrupt, and that could be Fox News or CNN, I really don't care. Just look at the way that they talked about her. Look at the way that they completely protected her. And no matter what came out, she was gold. And then they accused Fox News of the same exact thing. It's interesting. So let's talk a little bit about what happened. While serving as Secretary of State under Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton used multiple of these private email servers, as we know. But why does it matter? Well, she handed over these 30,000 emails to the State Department. 110 contained classified information at the time they were either sent or received, according to the FBI findings. And during the investigation through Clinton asserted that none of the emails she sent and received were classified at the time, the biggest implication has been the potential threat to national security. While the contents of the emails have not fully been released, if they had contained sensitive information, it could have possibly fallen into the wrong hands. Comey said it was possible that enemy foreign governments had accessed Clinton's personal email account, and we found out later that Russia did, China did, and places in South America, pretty much everyone got a turn. The second biggest implication is that of transparency. The Federal Records Act requires that all communication in certain branches of government be recorded on government servers, and it forbids the use of a personal email account for government business, unless those emails are then copied and archived. However, there are a lot of technicalities involved, and there is evidence that other government officials also violated the act. Alex Howard wrote the Sunlight Foundation. There is also evidence that Clinton tried to control the discoverability of the emails under the Freedom of Information Act which could set a precedent for limiting public access to government records. And it's illegal. It's also believed that Clinton deleted another 31,000 emails deemed personal in nature before turning the emails over to the State Department. I'll never forget when I lost my job at Comcast. I erased my phone before turning it in. There was a massive investigation. It also happened at Apple. And I'm like, I don't want my personal shit out there. I've got my credit cards. I've got this. Hillary Clinton does not work for Apple and she doesn't work for Comcast and she's not using a work phone. She is deleting personal messages. She was actually supplied certain phones that would work with the security of the U.S. government. Blackberries weren't one of them. They were actually untraceable at the time and that's why people use them outside the government. Barack Obama was renowned for using one and so was Hillary Clinton and not the standard Windows phone that was provided to them. But when did all this start? When she was appointed Secretary of State in 2009, Clinton began using the email address hdr22 at clintonmail.com tied to a personal server. Clinton's personal email server was first discovered in 2012 by a House committee investigating the attack on the American consulate in Benghazi. In 2013, hacker Guccifer claimed to have accessed Clinton's personal email account and released emails that were allegedly related to the Benghazi attack. The next year, in the summer of 2015, the State Department began asking Clinton for her emails and the correspondence within, and she responded by delivering boxes containing more than 30,000 printed emails. Really glad to see a Democrat who cares about the environment. Do you know how many trees you killed, you murderous? In early 2015, the New York Times reported that Clinton had been using her personal email exclusively and never had a government email address. A federal watchdog group issued an 83-page report condemning the systemic weaknesses of Clinton's email practices in May. On Tuesday, the FBI concluded its investigation, and this was obviously years ago, and recommendation against any charges. But what tech was used? What did she do? When Clinton was running for president in 2008, she had a private server installed in her home in Chappaqua, Chappaqua. New York. Somebody, I butchered that. Fix that for me. The domains Clinton1email.com and the WJCOFIS.com, or excuse me, WJCOFIS.com and PresidentClinton.com, which were registered to a man named Eric Hotham, all pointed to that server in 2013. A Denver-based IT company called Platte River Networks was hired to manage a server, but wasn't cleared to work with classified information. The company executives received death threats for taking on the contract. It was later discovered that multiple private servers were used for Clinton's email. Clinton used a BlackBerry phone to communicate during her tenure 
as Secretary of State, including sending and receiving emails through that private server in New York. The State Department expressed concern about the security of the device, and Clinton had requested the NSA provide a strengthened BlackBerry, similar to the one used by President Obama, but her request was denied. Instead, the NSA requested that Clinton use a secure Windows phone known as the Sectera Edge, but she opted to continue using her personal BlackBerry instead. Why do I know so much about Hillary Clinton? Because I don't like Hillary Clinton. I think she is probably one of the reasons politics is the way it is today. I believe she is the J. Edgar Hoover of the modern day era. And if you don't know who J. Edgar Hoover was, he's the guy that wore dresses and worked for the FBI. But he also had attache and cases of information on every single influential person in the United States. He literally was the Wikipedia of shit and smut and dirt. And so was Hillary Clinton. It's not even going into what she did with Watergate. There are so many things that we can get into about Hillary Clinton, but the only thing I care about is that she broke security protocol and she was never held accountable for it. The only thing that is really good about this is that she'll never be the president of the United States and America saw right through it. Subsequently, at the end of that, they saw Joe Biden and said, this guy's no harm, no foul. He may eat baby food, and not be able to tie his shoes together and say anything and has a monosyllabic vocabulary of a four-year-old, but he's not dangerous and he's not a criminal. At least nobody's investigating anything, and we all know that there are accusations. Hillary Clinton, I can't say that she murdered or suicided people, but I will tell you it's an awful big coincidence that things like this keep happening that people who have any information on her, including Jeffrey Epstein and the flights where Bill Clinton visited his island, what, 30-some-odd times, magically winds up dead in a secure environment and the cameras are turned off and hangs himself and has enough force to go ahead and break his own neck while he literally isn't hanging on the ground but on his knees. There's a lot of questions here, and I understand why conspiracy theories tied to it, but once again, there is enough fact And the simple fact is she left our American soldiers and embassy workers in the United States government on U.S. soil in Benghazi to die. And then she deleted every single piece of email where she could have been held accountable for that. That is something that you try somebody for. There is no intent that's needed. Destruction of evidence after you've been subpoenaed is a jailable offense, is a felony. And nobody did anything about it. Hillary Clinton's a piece of work. Dr. Victor Von Doom. This one's personal for me. I'll give you the highlights. A federal judge threw out a lawsuit filed over 100 Methodist employees in Houston. The workers alleged allege the hospital's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Can't talk tonight. Let me try this again. The workers alleged... The hospital's COVID-19 alleged, really, vaccine mandate forced them to be human guinea pigs. The judge said the workers were not being forced or coerced to take a vaccine. A federal judge tossed out a lawsuit from more than 100 hospital employees who sued Houston Methodist over its policy requiring all staff to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The workers alleged in their lawsuit that the hospital was forcing its employees to be human guinea pigs as a condition for continued employment. They also accused the hospital of violating the Nuremberg Code of 1947, likening the vaccine mandate to Nazi medical experimentation on concentration camp prisoners. That's a little fucking excessive. U.S. District Judge Lynn Hughes was not sympathetic to either argument. Go figure after the Jewish comment. Way to sink yourself. Torpedo. Awooga. Awooga. Dive. Dive. Writing his order of dismissal Saturday evening that none of the employees were forced or coerced to take the vaccine. Really? He also noted that the hospital cannot violate the Nuremberg Code because it is a private employer, not a government. Equating the injection requirement to medical experimentation in concentration camps is reprehensible. Hughes wrote, Nazi doctors conducted medical experiments on victims that caused pain, mutilation, permanent disability, and in many cases, death. He added that the workers were free to accept or reject a vaccine and that they would simply need to work elsewhere if they chose the latter. Well, that's not much of a fucking choice, is it? 
I wonder how that's going to go on a resume. Oh, let's see. You worked at Houston Methodist. <laughs> okay. And you quit during COVID? Yeah, you're a fucking anti-vaxxer. You're not working here either. Are you kidding me? If a worker refuses an assignment, changed office, earlier start time, or other directive, he may be properly fired. Every employment includes limits on the worker's behavior in exchange for his remuneration. Hughes wrote, that is all part of the bargain. The lawyer representing the hospital staff, Jared Woodfill, told Insider in a statement he intends to appeal the ruling to a federal appeals court and to the U.S. Supreme Court if necessary. It's okay. He's going to win in federal court. I'll tell you why. This is just one battle in a larger war to protect the rights of employees to be free from being forced to participate in a vaccine trial as a condition for employment, Woodfill said. Employment should not be conditioned upon whether you will agree to serve as a human guinea pig. The hospital has already suspended 178 workers who have missed the vaccine deadline. And I have a good friend who I'll be talking about who was a part of that. When Houston Methodist made the national headlines earlier this year when it announced it would require its 26,000 employees to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus by June 7, and quote, those are who are not vaccinated by that date face suspension and eventual termination, the hospital said in an FAQ page published in April. The hospital's policy also contained exemptions for workers with sincerely held religious beliefs and certain medical conditions, including pregnancy. Oh, what an interesting fact. Since then, the hospital system has suspended 178 workers who didn't meet the vaccination deadline. They will all be fired if they aren't vaccinated by June 21st. The lawsuit called the COVID-19 vaccines experimental and noted that none have been granted full approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, and that is fucking true. The FDA has granted emergency use authorization, but that doesn't mean shit. Oh, let's see, I've got an arm growing out of my forehead. Yes, yes, but I've got an, uh, an EUA. I should be fine. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson were the ones granted this usurping power each of the vaccines have undergone rigorous clinical trials for about three months involving tens of thousands of participants pfizer and BioNTech have already applied for full approval of their vaccine and moderna has announced plans to apply very very soon why would they they already have approval on a temporary basis and temporary means as long as they freaking want to they have car blanche in a statement to insider houston methodist president and ceo dr mark fuckum boom Praise the hospital system's 26,000 employees who received the vaccine. Our employees and physicians made their decisions for our patients who are always at the center of everything we do. He said and continued, we can now put this behind us and continue our focus on unparalleled safety, quality, service, and innovation. Hey, fuck you, Mr. Broom. You sound like a Bond villain. You are a pretentious douchebag. Happen to have a very good friend, as I mentioned earlier, impacted by this. And let's say his name is uh, Wanny Dilson to protect his identity. His wife is a couple months postpartum, just had a beautiful baby girl. And she obviously has a newborn. She's breastfeeding. And you are asking to put her and the child at risk. Well, how do you say? Wouldn't that make her child safer? Well, not when her mother's sick. Because that's what happens. Some people have a reaction to this. Some people go down hard with this. Now, I don't need to get into the personal things, but I will tell you she has underlying conditions which don't make this optimal to her, considering anybody who is overweight has a higher chance of fucking dying than anyone else who gets COVID over asthma, cancer, leukemia, bronchitis, or fucking common sniffles. People with heart disease and who are obese die faster than any other demographic. She's a loyal nurse. She's a good friend. She's been on the front line since this thing fucking started. She has been exposed, worked tirelessly, and has more worth than all your parts put together. She worked up until the Monday before she had the baby on that Saturday. And it was good enough when she was wearing a mask and wearing a face shield and her freaking face was rubbed raw from all the masks she wore for 24-hour shifts as she was pregnant on her feet the whole time and she didn't complain and she put her child, herself, and her family at risk. You are out of touch. You're a political fucking hack who makes millions off the workers and the work that others do. 
Wanny's youngest son is a severe diabetic and is ultra high risk for COVID and probably should be in a tent. And you're asking to bring something in their home that has more questions than answers. And you can say, oh, well, it'll protect his son. You don't know that. That's supposition. That's inconclusive. There's not enough data on this. We don't know the long-term effects. Why is a mask and a face shield not good enough, but it was good enough for all that time? A lot of these workers got their first shot. I listened to this douchebag on NPR uh, two days ago. He speaks of the medical tenant of doing the best for our patients. I thought the tenant was, she'll do no harm. Doesn't that go against everything we believe in? Aren't healthcare workers the front lines? Love our healthcare heroes. Don't you remember that bullshit all in front of your hospital? As you put signs up and it said, hashtag healthcare heroes. How about now? You don't want to get the vaccine? I don't give a shit. You got to get it. You're fired. That seems pretty serious to me. He speaks of the 100-year history of vaccinations. Yeah, there are 100 years of history of vaccinations, but not on mRNA-type vaccines. These are the first with no long-term trials, no FDA approval. He personally cannot guarantee long-term side effects, and no one can at this time. These people aren't anti-vaxxers. Her kids have all their shots. My kids have all their shots. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I will never get this shot. Because I don't get the flu shot either. I cannot for the life of me understand this mad rush to vaccinate all ages down to 12. And in some cases, sometimes five. Including those already with the antibodies to COVID. The survival rate is 99.6% up to the age of 65. And if someone's coming to the hospital, either A, they already have COVID. Or they have something more serious than COVID to fucking begin with. No one seems to be using this opportunity to validate weight reduction, regular exercise, organic foods, and generally a healthier lifestyle. It's always the quick fix. Take a pill or a shot. Forget the side effects. Who cares? It's estimated that 250,000 deaths occur in American hospitals per year from medical error. A quarter of a million people. And for somebody who is supposed to be the greatest healthcare opportunity in the world, with the greatest healthcare, greatest hospitals, and the greatest workers, how come we have one of the highest infant death rates in the fucking natural born, highly populated, civilized countries in the world? Likewise, 99,000 people die from healthcare associated infections. Should I really take this guy seriously, or is it just a salesman with an axe to grind? In other words, Dr. Boom, you're a twat waffle of epic proportions. And I can't wait for the healthcare workers to sue your fucking ass into a fine career as a cuck for your lovely wife. The EAUs are clear. Getting these vaccines is voluntary. That is a federal mandate. The same section of the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act that authorizes the FDA to to grant emergency use authorization also requires the Secretary of Health and Human Services to ensure, quote, that individuals to whom the product is administered are informed of the option to accept or refuse administration of the product. Likewise, the FDA's guidance on emergency use authorization of medical products requires the FDA to ensure, quote, that recipients are informed to the extent practical, I don't know that word. It should be practical. Pract. Pract. Practical. Informed to the. I don't fucking know. Informed to the extent blank, given the applicable circumstances, that they have. The, I was on a roll. That they have the options to accept or refuse the EUA product. In this same vein, when Dr. Amanda Cohn, the executive secretary of the CDC's advisory committee on immunization practices, was asked if COVID-19 vaccination can be required, she responded that under an EUA, vaccines are not allowed to be mandatory. So early in this vaccination phase, individuals will have to be consented and they won't be able to be mandatory. 
Cohn later affirmed that this prohibition on requiring the vaccine applies to organizations, including hospitals. The EUAs for both the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines require fact sheets to be given out to vaccination providers and recipients. These fact sheets make clear that getting a vaccine is optional. For example, the one for recipients states that it is your choice to receive or not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. And if you decide to not receive it, it will not change your standard of medical care. What this means in practice, when the FDA grants emergency use authorization for a vaccine, many questions about the product cannot be answered. Given the open questions, when Congress granted the authority to issue EUAs, it chose to require that every individual should be allowed to decide for himself or herself whether or not to receive an EUA product. The FDA and CDC apparently consider this fundamental requirement of choice important enough that even during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, they reinforced that policy decision when issuing their guidance related to the COVID-19 vaccines. Why religion? I've asked myself this question. I understand health. You might have predetermined situations that could make you susceptible to this vaccine and could do more harm than good. But why religion? I don't see anything in the Bible that says, unless you're Christian science, that you can't get a shot. Because if it's government mandated, it falls in line with the mark of the beast. 666, the microchip implant, all that shit in religion that talks about you will be having an option to either accept this, accept the mark of the beast, or to deny it. And you may be killed and you may be murdered, but you'll be open to the gates of heaven. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact freaking quote. What other reason? There is nothing in Catholicism, there's nothing in Christianity, unless you're Christian science, that says you can't do this. Maybe Jehovah's Witness. But for religious beliefs, you can't get this. What, would it, what else would it be? And if that's the case, and we are going to allow people to make decisions based upon religion, then isn't their right of a, as a parent more important than that? They created that life. And whether you believe in God or not, and Adam and Eve and the apple, or you believe in monkeys and evolution, those parents most assuredly know what's best for their child, and they have a right to decide what they do. And if you have a mother who is breastfeeding, who is postpartum, who is still, still in the first 90 days, the last 90 days of her pregnancy after she gave birth, she is having a hard enough time She's not getting any sleep. Her immune system is down. She is weak. She is tired. And instead of fucking helping and assisting, you're making them fearful when they just got a new house. They just got things going after COVID. And now you're threatening her job. And honestly, stopping her career. To me, that falls within the EUA guidelines as a viable threat to her livelihood and sanctity of life. This means that an organization will likely be at odds with the federal law if they require its employees, students, or other members to get this vaccine. State law often prohibits retaliating against any employee for refusing to participate in a violation of federal law. You're asking them to go against a federal law and to participate in that breakage of the law. Organizations that require COVID-19 vaccination in violation of federal law may face lawsuits under these state laws, not only to block the policy, but also for damages and attorney's fees. Such potentially cost lawsuits can be avoided by refraining from adopting policies that require vaccination or penalize members for choosing not to be vaccinated. Organizations are free to encourage vaccinations through internal communications, through educational events, and through other measures to urge employees to be vaccinated. They can take these measures as long as, one, they are not viewed as coercive. Two, the organization makes clear the decision regarding whether to receive the vaccine is voluntary. And three, the measures comply with the requirements in the EUAs and the related regulations for these products. People across the world have had their lives upended during this last year. The urgency to return to normalcy is felt deeply by many, especially people in Texas. As decision makers at organizations decide on their COVID-19 vaccination policy, they should be careful to not let this passion lead the organization to run afoul of the law. And lastly, look at the EEOC pregnancy discrimination and harassment and listen to it carefully. It is unlawful to harass a woman because of pregnancy, childbirth, childbirth, 
or a medical condition related to pregnancy or childbirth. Harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment or no work environment at all. Or when it results in an adverse employment decision, such as the victim being fired or demoted. The harasser can be the victim's supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a coworker, or someone who is not an employee of the employer, such as a client or a customer, or a fucking worthless CEO. Of all the employees, 285 received a medical or religious exemption, and 332 were granted deferrals for pregnancy and other reasons. Why wasn't that handed to the other 187? I'll tell you why. Because it's about money, and it's about power, and it's about doing what you're told. And anybody who says that all the people who are against this vaccine and that we are commenting that censorship and the freaking critical race theory and all of this comes out of socialism and behaviors in Nazi Germany, does this not sound like it? Do it or else. This is America. There are some things that you must do in order to participate in a, civil, uh, in a civilized society. Having car insurance is one of them. It's mandatory. And honestly, it makes sense. But it didn't make sense when you didn't have health insurance. That is a choice. And you don't hurt anyone by not having it. Car insurance is completely different. And so is this vaccine. If you wear a mask, we were told you were safe. If you social distance, we were told you were safe. And it worked enough for her for over a year working in that environment while she was pregnant. And now all of a sudden, because you want to make money and you want to look good and be the first to fucking win across the finish line as having your entire staff vaccinated so you can get a publicity headline, you're going to sacrifice 187 people's jobs. You're a piece of work. I can't wait until you're bankrupt. What a piece of shit. Oh, say can you. Tell me what the flag day is. God, I don't even want to do flag day. Is flag day a federal holiday? Here's how it started and what it means. Stuck between Memorial Day and 4th of July, flag day often gets overlooked. Perhaps not completely ignored, but flag day isn't celebrated as much as other holidays associated with our nation's beginnings. The holiday was established by President Woodrow Wilson on May 30th, 1916, but failed to be recognized as a federal holiday when it was not included in the 1968 Uniform Holiday Act. Legislation signed by former President Harry Truman in 49 proclaimed Flag Day was a national holiday, but it never made the federal list. Last week, President Joe Biden declared June 13, 2021, the start of National Flag Week and directed officials to display the flag on all federal government buildings this week. There you go, Joe. Congratulations. I love it. When is Flag Day 2021? Flag Day is on June 14th every year in 2021. Flag Day is on Monday, which would be today. (coughs) Had to sneeze. What is the meaning of Flag Day? It is the day 244 years ago when Congress commemorated Betsy Ross's creation of the Stars and Stripes as our national flag. The flag has looked different throughout those years, of course, 27 variations actually, as America grew through the colonies to the 50 states represented in the White Stars today. Need an American flag replaced? Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. You can go down to the VFW and surrender your flag. You can go to the Boy Scouts. You can go to a local uh, fire station. There's a lot of ways to retire your flag. And you can get flags everywhere from online, Walmart, wherever else you want to go. Just make sure it's made in the USA. Don't buy that Chinese flag bullshit. Is Flag Day a federal holiday? I've already answered that. No, Flag Day is not considered to be federal, but Pennsylvania is the only state that recognizes it recognizes it as a legal holiday. Go Pennsylvania. Thanks a lot for fucking up the election. New York recognizes the second Sunday of June as Flag Day. Well, thanks, New York, for fucking up the election. Is mail delivered on Flag Day? Yes. Since Flag Day is not a federal holiday, mail should be received just like any other day, late as always. Are banks, schools open on Flag Day? Folks, all you got to do is go outside and figure this shit out. But I'll tell you anyway, yes, much like the mail, students who are still in school should still have class and banks should be operating like any other day, raking us over the coal for a fucking percentage. Other Flag Day facts and history, other interesting facts about the American flag can be found at the National Flag Foundation website. The red, white, and blue, red symbolize hardiness and valor, white symbolizes purity and innocence, and blue represents vigilance and perseverance and justice. And last fact to the moon, several flags have made the trip to the moon, not just the ones placed by Apollo 11's Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Additional Apollo missions 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17 also featured an astronaut placing a flag on the moon. Folks, now you are armed to the teeth. Everything you need to know about Flag Day, everything you need to know about douchebag CEOs, and 
pretty much everything you need to know about Hillary Clinton. Folks, that is it for my show tonight. I hope you appreciate it. It's over an hour, the first one, I think, in a long time. We can agree, we can disagree, you can love me, you can hate me. All I ask is that you don't unfriend me. And please, if tonight was not your particular brand of vodka, come back tomorrow and see what you think for episode 169, I think is what it is. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is way too many. They need your help. Please reach out to a veteran today. Ask them if you can help. If you cannot get them to talk, reach out to me. I will make that call with you. And alas, if they don't want to do that, leave them my website at don'tunfriendme.com. Click on the VCL link and you'll be connected to a VCL operator. Mwakey tick. And if you are a civilian, you can also connect to VCL and you will get the help you need. They never turn anyone away. Folks, thank you for watching the show. Thank you for visiting Don't Unfriend Me. I hope you found tonight's show to be educational. Houston, stand strong. You need to get your senator, state legislature involved, mayor, whatever you can do, Governor Abbott, make some phone calls, stand strong. 178 nurses, I believe is what it was. It's way too many. Let's help and support our healthcare workers. Everyone have a wonderful night, and I will see you tomorrow.